Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, question, would your new public relations firm also seek a new startup business as clients? Well, there is a firm that is doing it, and they are doing just well. Black Unicorn Public Relations is a new breed of public relations and communications firm. They go beyond traditional services and act more as an in-house extension rather than an external outside agency, providing startups with opportunities to excel in the public sphere and to put them on the path to success. Black Unicorn PR helps European countries gain exposure in the international media. They have offices both in London and in Lithuania. Team members are located all over the globe, from Spain, South Africa, to Germany and Slovakia. Now, the firm was founded by JJ, who professionally is known as Yulia Yugorova. She is a trained journalist with over a decade of experience in public relations worldwide. JJ worked in public relations both in-house and on the agency side. Often, she can be found jet-setting across Europe, delivering talks, offering mentorships, and leading workshops on PR and communications. She joins us today from Lithuania. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Well, as I mentioned in the opening, you decided to focus on startup companies. And I guess my curiosity is, why would you as a startup company begin to focus on startup companies as clients? Yes, so there's an interesting story to that. Um, Having a PR agency focusing on startups was never kind of, you know, my go-to thing. I never thought that I'm going to be doing that. Um, When I started working in PR, I always worked for very big companies. So think TomTom, Asus, uh, Visa and the likes. Um, And over time, I've realized that when working in a huge company, you know, doing PR, what you essentially are doing is more on an execution side of things, I guess. Of course, there's a lot of strategy involved, but if you're calling up a journalist and saying, hi, I'm calling from TomTom, we have 
these news, uh, people would be, of course, interested and they will want to have a conversation with you. Um, but the problem I saw was that the narrative is already there and there's not that much that you can help and shape, right? Because it's an established business. So in 2014, 2015, um, a lot of startups started popping up in London. Everyone wanted to be the next Elon Musk, the next Steve Jobs, and you know they thought that the idea is going to be worth a billion dollars. Um, so I started working in a startup um, that was related to sustainability, and I realized when you work um, as a PR in a small startup, you have to do absolutely everything, right? So you do loads of different things. And when you try to reach out to a journalist, let's say in the Times or BBC or New York Times, TechCrunch, whatnot, you're pretty much a no-name to them. So there was a lot of strategic movement involved in that sense. And over time, we've realized that we have something unique to offer to startups because there were so many of them. And um, Black Unicorn PR has been going strong for four and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Now you say when you uh, you know were calling some particular some of the majors and you know the, the name of the company might not have made much yeah. difference. Did you find that what you had to offer, what those companies were doing, that was special and new, did that begin to make the change for you? Yeah, to a to degree. I mean, you have to make sure that your company stands out and, and it is unique because let's face it, there's so many startups nowadays within different sectors. There's just so much VC money that's flowing around. So you must make sure that you stand out somehow. Um, but would you see actually working uh, with a lot of startups, you have to be extremely truthful and very upfront as to what you do and you actually have to believe the mission because there are some entrepreneurs out there you know that they think that this is a very fancy life and you know they're going to be on the cover of Forbes and invited absolutely everywhere simply because they want the lifestyle um, but being an entrepreneur you know leading a startup trying to disrupt the industry um, I don't know whether it's in short tech or automotive you know something that is already kind of well ingrained and well established and you here trying to um, give something new is um, is very difficult. Um, so yes, yeah, so when working um, with our clients, we try to make sure that uh, we have something unique to offer. But then, I guess one of the reasons why some of the startups from Europe work with us is simply because uh, we do not operate as a big agency, right? So let's say Edelman. Uh, probably would not work with some of our clients and it would not be just because of, you know, the budget restrictions, but also because uh, Edelman and likes work with like very big companies, right? So they have a very different process. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to deliver good PR results to startups and to startup founders, you as a PR professional need to actually think as a startup. Okay. Well, let's talk then about some of the more, uh, well, some of the more exciting uh, startups that you're working with. What is it that they're doing? Uh, why would you know? Who does it interest? How did you get them the exposure you did with uh, some of the selected clients that you have? Yeah, so we work, um, as you mentioned, with loads of startups uh, from Europe and the UK. And simply because I'm from Lithuania, we've decided to focus quite a bit on the CE region, um, simply because there's just so much talent out here. But um, it seems that the marketing PR side of things might be a little bit, um, a little bit limited. 
to a degree. So our clients are predominantly within the B2B sector, so we do not touch the consumer side of things mm -hmm. at all. Um, and we've work, we never work with someone just, you know, for a couple of weeks and then stop. We just try to carry on with the relationship for a couple of years. So we have loads of really, really cool startups. And by that, I'm just saying that because <laughs> they are clients, uh, simply because, you know, we work with clients that we believe in and with the ones that we click. And this is probably, you know, something that a lot of PR professionals can relate to, you know, paying your bills, obviously it's great, but you don't want to be in the position when someone pays your bills and then you just can't live, <laughs> can't live a normal life. Mm -hmm. um, so one, one of the startups actually that pops to my mind is um, the one that we've been working for two or three years now. Uh, it's Planet 42. So the founders are Estonians, um, but they operate in South Africa. Um, and essentially what they do is they democratize mobility by enabling people um, that are ignored by banks to get access to personal vehicle through its car subscription service. Um, and we've been working with them for, for a while. You know, we started working with them when there were just nine of them. Now there's 90 of them. And we've managed to get some very interesting results, be it in the European media or in South African media, you know, anything from Quartz and Africa Inc. to VentureBeat and TechCrunch and um, Thomson Reuters, kind of taking this um, human aspect. Because when you and I think about access to mobility, access to cars, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, right? You can either get a lease or, you know, you just... There's a lot of car sharing in Europe, so it's, it's a very easy <laughs> way for us to get from A to B. Well, in South Africa, it's a very different story, and those, um, the kind of unbanked or underbanked, uh, you know, they're having loads of problems, and Plan 42 came there and actually doing a really, really good job. Um, and we have some wonderful case studies um, seeing the actual impact um, that they have on people's lives in South Africa, which is extremely inspiring. So, so how does Planet 42 actually work? How do they get people to have access to these vehicles? So it's like a subscription model, subscription basis. So instead of, you know, just having, um, you know, when you need to lease a car, you know, you have to go to a bank, whatnot. So Planet 42 is kind of cutting through the medium and then helping out quite a bit. Uh, I'm pretty certain, you know, those who want to find out more about uh, what they're doing, um, they can go on the, their website or our website and just to find out um, a little bit more about them. But they're really, really, you know, fascinating. I'm pretty certain at some point they will become a unicorn. Okay. Uh, what's another one that uh, you've had some exciting times uh, getting up and uh, helping to get up and running? Um, Startup-wise, guys, um, they're quite popular and well-known in Europe. So they're kind of the most experienced startup accelerator. Uh, when it comes to early stage investment funds, I think they've invested in over 300 startups and they had 11 exits. Um, and we've worked with them also for a couple of years um, now. And we just try, you know, it's quite interesting one because they foster the relationship with early stage founders and help them to grow. So um, as an accelerator fund, um, of course, you know, getting into the news might be a little bit trickier but we've managed to do quite a bit with them too. So, you know, whether it was the fund that um, they've announced or some of the exits that they had, 
um, and they've been around now for exactly 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that is that is pretty, pretty exciting. Um, and they operate throughout Europe. They have a variety of programs and I have an honor to actually be one of their mentors. So, you know, chatting with startups that I just, as, let's say, ideation state or MVP and then seeing them grow into something bigger is is admirable. Mm -hmm. So, so you get involved with them once they actually have some funding themselves and they're actually operating. Is that when you begin to come in and they have some product or service to offer? Correct. Yeah. I mean, when there is just an ideation stage, um, of course, you know, it's great and it's wonderful, but what the only thing we can do is, I guess, guide them a little bit. Um, and let's face it, you know, when you have an idea, probably PR is not exactly what you would like to invest in. Mm -hmm. um, we always say that before doing any sort of PR activities, you know, regardless of the country you're in, you need to make sure that you know exactly the market um, that you know you're trying to disrupt, revolutionize, let's say, and you have some sort of validation right away. So when it comes to the clients that we work with, the first times that they come to us is to announce the funding round. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the first gateway to try and, and get into the media. And then we can decide, you know, whether they actually need us, um, let's say, on a reoccurring monthly basis or, you know, money is better spent, let's say, into marketing activities. Mm -hmm. um, because something that we try to do with startups, um, educate, I guess, not only, you know, the clients that we work with, but just startups in general in Europe is the role that PR plays, um, especially in the world of startups. A lot of people get it confused, let's say with advertising, um, <laughs> and then they just think it's like pay for play and play for pay. Um, so we explain them that, you know, this is not how it works. You know, we are very kind of, I guess, traditional PR agency where we look only after the earned media and reputation. And, you know, that's, that's important for us. So we don't, pay money to anyone, you know, we don't sell anything. So we just try to generate ideas interesting enough um, for the media. And sometimes, um, you know, the, let's say a startup is just simply not ready um, to do PR activities, which is also fine. And then we say, you know, perhaps it's worth investing more than on social media marketing or advertising if they can. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you've talked about the successful side of it. What are some of the or perhaps one of your more challenging startups that you've had to deal with? And what hurdles did you have to clear to get what you thought they needed to get for them? Mm. Uh, you know what? I think every startup, when it comes to funding announcement, um, sometimes regardless how big or small, will present with its own challenges. Um, and the reason for it is that you are kind of mediating between the media, right? The journalists that are extremely busy and the founders and investors that normally have um, pressures on them. So whenever there's let's say, a funding announcement, whether it's a million or 10 million, 15 million, doesn't really matter. Uh, what we try to explain to the founders is that we're very much dependent on the way the journalist is working, right? So we can't dictate and tell them, hey, listen to Crunch, I need this article out tomorrow, even though just sent you a press release right. you know, a couple of hours ago. <laughs> it, this is not how it works. Right. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, life happens. Um, journalists are also people. This is another thing that we should not forget. You know, we should not be using them just simply as tools. Um, so that 
poses, I think, the biggest challenge when it comes to going out, you know, to the media with some sort of news because you're so heavily dependent on a lot of external factors. And I get both sides. I get the founders that want the news to be out as soon as possible, right? And they have the pressures a lot of times from investors or, you know, for whatever other reason. But then I also do understand journalists that we are very much dependent on them and on their business schedules. So this is kind of, it's, it's extremely challenging and always very stressful trying to find this golden medium uh, b- between two. Um, of course, if a client is happy, let's say to wait a month, sometimes even more, because that also happens, especially if you offer an exclusive um, to a certain publication, then you know it makes our life slightly easier but then if you have to juggle you know pressuring the client to wait and pressuring someone from the media you know to release the news um it, it, it's quite challenging um but in the very end you know it does work out um <laughs> regardless might cost us you know a couple of nerve cells but but it does work out now you 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 do have uh, team members in in various places around the globe as i mentioned uh, spain and germany and slovakia are they also on the lookout for you for startups in those countries as well? So I guess this whole business development um, question is, is quite interesting because we do have clients from Germany. We have clients from Lithuania, from Switzerland, from South Africa, as I've mentioned, um, you know, from Estonia, from like all over the place. But we have never done anything that is extremely proactive as going out, you know, and trying to get those startups on board. Uh, majority mm-hmm. of business comes to us, you know, through mentoring sessions, through speaking opportunities and engagements. But of course, you know, all of our team members that are scattered <laughs> across the world, um, very much, you know, encouraged to tap into the startup ecosystem within, you know, th- their communities in their cities and their countries. So you have a linkage, I would imagine, then when you say startup companies, uh, the incubation systems, as we call them uh, here, that mm. that uh, you have your fingers in to those incubation systems and participate perhaps in part of their development of these new firms? Um, to a degree. So I think that would go down to kind of being mentor with a lot of um, accelerator programs. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, you know, even working with VC funds. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, we don't go out there and just say like, hey, look at us, we're so cool. Would you like to work with us? You know, come on, give us money. But it comes more from educational and actually caring perspective, explaining once again to the founders the differences between PR, advertising, um, you know, social media, marketing and, and whatnot. So then, you know, whenever they're ready, at least they can make an informed decision saying, okay, so I know what I need PR for or you know they'll figure out okay perhaps you know I don't need PR now maybe I'll need in a couple of years so that that's kind of the main thing that we do we do a lot of PR clinics uh, where people can book in time with us and just brainstorm ideas and once again you know our kind of goal is never to force anyone to work with us uh, kind of shooting myself in the foot here, <laughs> it feels. Uh, but, you know, we, we really want to help startups to thrive in the best possible way that they can. That they can. And sometimes, you know, it means not going with us, but let's say investing in and marketing activities, which we have partners also in the UK and across Europe, and we're more than happy to intru- make, you know, necessary introductions. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's interesting. Uh, uh, not too long ago, I actually did an interview with a fellow in um, uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. He just started up the Propel PR platform that helps mm -hmm. PR agencies, uh, you know, get better out uh, outcomes from their, uh, you know, from earned media. You know, he, he yeah. reports that that sort of thing. So. I guess my next question is, had you given any consideration to, uh, you know, planting your flag here in the United States? We haven't. No, we haven't. And um, a lot of times, you know, we do have a few companies in Europe um, saying that, oh, we really want to do some PR activities in the U.S. Uh, you know, we want to be in all those, you know, fancy publications and go to South by Southwest at some point and speak there. Um <laughs> I think I think the biggest challenge uh, when you're based in Europe, and that might sound really silly, is the time difference, right? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know, even for you and I, it took quite a while to try and figure That's out right. the right timing. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we're already, what, like, it's, it's half past five here in Lithuania where I am, right? So, and then you guys just um, starting the day. So, in, in that sense, it, it's very tricky. And um, when working in PR, you know, things are happening imminently. So when we're asleep, if something happens uh, with the client or, you know, there's an opportunity that needs our immediate attention, um, it's quite likely that, you know, we would not be able to do that. Right. So the time difference is is, is very tricky in, in, in this case. Hmm. And another thing I think is if you operate in a certain market, uh, let's say, as big as of a market that the US is, you need to know the media, you need to know the landscape, you need to know exactly what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis and, you know, how that news agenda is affecting the news flow. Um, whilst here in Europe, we work um, specifically with English-speaking media, right? Mm -hmm. So whether our okay. client is based in Spain or Estonia, it doesn't really matter because they want to target very specific titles, which is... TechCrunch, Sifted, EU Startups, Tech.eu, and whatnot. So we know their beat. We know the journalists. You know, we've worked with them for a while now. So it's 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 easier to to feel, <laughs> you know, what's happening. Mm -hmm. Well, Yulia, you provided us with an awful lot of great information about what you're doing uh, with uh, your uh, Black Unicorn PR firm. So are there anything that uh, you think that we've missed asking you? Um, ooh, that is a tricky question. I did not expect you asking me a question like that. <laughs> well, did, I mean, something that you thought you, that you'd like to say that I didn't yeah, ask you a question yeah. about. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I think, um, it's important, you know, regardless where the startup is from and whether, you know, it's early stage or it's, let's say, Series E, Series B, um, what I would really advise for everyone is to have a very decent PR infrastructure in place. That's one thing. Um, and secondly, you know, if there is an opportunity to get someone in-house or, you know, freelance an agency, you know, whichever works for a startup, depending on, on the stage that they're at, um, it's important to have someone who understands how PR and communications world works, right? Because sometimes you can have um, media requests in the morning and you need it within a couple of hours and the c-level executives or you know the founders that need to respond also need to understand that the journalist is not going to be waiting forever so just um you know having a bit of a more in-depth understanding of the industry i think comes in extremely handy um, to a lot of startups um, 
especially you know where the founders are just like let's say first time founders oh great well i certainly want to thank you so much for providing an overview of uh, the success you're having with a black unicorn and uh, my guest today has been yulia hugorova and uh, she's joined us from lithuania and uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast we certainly like to get a great review from you and once again, Julia, thank you so much for uh, being a, a guest on the Public Relations Review Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.